This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world-building warrior Angeline Trevina and the queen of flawed protagonists, H.B. Line. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to Unstoppable Authors. We were live. Just... We're <laughs> live. This is crazy. We are live. Yeah. Okay. I'm just just trying to call it up on um, Facebook. It's telling me it's live, <laughs> but I can't actually see the video. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just before we get going, a little bit of housekeeping. If you are watching this. Um, please make sure you have logged into StreamYard uh, so that we can see your comments. If you do not, you may not have get your questions asked and answered. So, um, yeah, there is a link in the post. Just click oh, on it. Oh, there we are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're very excited, Anjali. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just scrolled down through our Facebook group on my phone and found the video of us. <laughs> Oh, I was looking in the wrong place. That's why I couldn't see it. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you mid-stream, Holly. That's so rude. So unprofessional. <laughs> Come on. Oh, this is usually our backstage bit, though. Yeah, this normally yeah. only our patrons get this. Hello, <laughs> Facebook user. Would you please click on the StreamYard link in the post so we can see who you are? Okay. Otherwise, you will be known forever as Facebook user. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, what are we doing? Right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> Angeline, do you want to kick us off? Oh, sorry. Yes, that we, we, we actually have planned things to say, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, Welcome to episode number 73 of Unstoppable Authors, and I can barely contain my excitement because this is a very, very special episode. It is. We are live on camera as part of Indie Fire. Um, this is a first for us. I mean, we've streamed before, but we haven't recorded the podcast live before, so this is a little different, and how exciting. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us today. It is definitely something new and different for us. And we have people from all over the world watching us right now as we record this. And we're not used to being on camera very much, are we? Honestly, I had to get dressed and everything. I swear I have spent more time in my pyjamas this year than collectively my whole life before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So welcome to this unique event. We've had an incredible day today. Our live workshops went really well with some lovely attendees who brought great questions and enthusiasm. It's been fantastic to connect with so many people and hopefully help a fair few people as well. We will have a feedback form for folks to fill in, which we'll be emailing out shortly. So you may have noticed we have a couple of guests with us this evening. <laughs> we have JD Groom and Marissa Noel. We will be chatting about world building with them shortly. But before we do get started, we just want to give a shout out to our lovely patrons. Your support means everything to us. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind the scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast if you'd like to support the show you can do so for just a few pounds a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors and it would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media grab a screenshot share it directly from your podcast platform well not right now because it's not <laughs> on a podcast 
platform but right true. now. <laughs> but if you're listening in the future, share it from your podcast platform. <laughs> Just remember to tag us so we can share it too. This definitely is an episode to immortalise online. <laughs> It definitely is. So please share it, future people. <laughs> so now, instead of doing our usual personal updates about what we're writing, we're going to tell you a little story about how we met. So Holly and I, like all good couples these days, we met online on <laughs> Facebook, to be exact. We met one another in a group for writers that are signed up to Nick Stevenson's your first 10k readers online training program. Now full disclosure here this is an advertisement. Your first 10k readers is the official sponsor of Indie Fire but our personal experiences of it are completely true and honest. We purposefully sought out a sponsor that we knew we could talk passionately about, one that we are proud to promote to you guys and it seems fitting that it's also the first place that we met. Absolutely I think in that group on Facebook, we just kind of gravitated to each other because we had so much in common. We're both full-time mums. We write in similar genres. We're both British. We both have cats. <laughs> At least I think it was that. Perhaps maybe, maybe it was just my good sense of humour and all the cake photos I post online. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think it was the cake. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I... I don't quite remember where I first found Nick Stevenson. It was on a webinar with somebody else, one of many that I was doing around that time. And uh, I just, I was in a place where it was, I heard the right message at the right time and it resonated. And so I bought the course and yeah, the, the, um, the Facebook group really was sort of became my home and I met a lot of writer friends in that group. Um, but you and I just seemed to click particularly well. And um, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I found the programme through a free webinar Nick did with Joanna Penn. Now, we've all been to those kind of things before where you watch a great informative webinar and then you get the sales pitch at the end. I totally accepted that. I was hoping to glean some information for free. But yeah, I went along with every intention of switching off once the sales pitch started. I sat down with a notebook and pen and I wrote so many notes, so many pages and pages. And this stuff was absolute gold. Now, I used to be one of those writers who thought marketing was a dirty word. It felt so at odds with my creativity, which felt pure and unsullied <laughs> until marketing came along and made it all dirty. Now, my idea of marketing was door-to-door -door sales and those people who chase you down the street to try and get you to sign up for a credit card or switch your energy supplier. Ugh. But Nick Stevenson, on this webinar, he talked about marketing strategies that actually didn't really feel like marketing at all. Now, I'm the first one to admit that I get weirdly excited over some pretty strange things. I mean, I really look forward to watching Neighbours every day. But I never imagined anyone could ever make me feel so excited about book marketing. But it happened. By the end of the webinar, I was giddy and bouncy with excitement and signed up straight away. And I tell you what, it changed my whole perspective. I would never have thought about doing these things by myself, not in a million years. And the Facebook group, like Holly said, is an absolute hive of amazing insight and support. On top of all that, the course content is kept bang up to date because we all know that things change. So it's constantly being updated and added to. I can honestly say that without your first 10K readers course, I would not have got to the point I'm at today. I just wouldn't. Yep. Your first 10,000 readers is a comprehensive online training program for authors and aspiring authors who want to go pro. The training program has helped over 5,000 authors from all over the world, writing in every genre imaginable, many of whom have gone on to become full-time authors and hit major bestseller lists. If you'd like to get a rundown of some of the marketing strategies and how they all fit together, check out Nick's free video training course at yourfirst10kreaders.com. You'll also get a free ebook and access to exclusive on-demand workshops totally free. 
So last week I asked you who is in your writer tribe and there has been so much love over on our Instagram with people tagging everyone who supported them along the way. It's just lovely to see how amazing the author community is. And this week we want to ask you where do you store your world building notes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so Today, as people who are joining us live for the video recording on Facebook can see, and <laughs> those who are listening to the, the audio version of this in the future, we have with us live on camera two very special guests. We have Jodie with us who writes under the name J.D. Groom and we have Marisa Noel with us. So welcome to both of you guys and thank you so much for joining us today. We may have just lost Marisa. <laughs> we may. <laughs> Hopefully she will return to us. <laughs> yes. We were saying there may be internet issues. <laughs> Ta-da! This so, is what happens when you go live. Yeah. <laughs> we I'm have, sure she'll be right back. Yes, we have unfortunately now officially lost Marisa. Um, but yes, I'm sure she will be back with us very shortly. So Jodie, would you like to introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you write? Yes, certainly. Um, hi, um, I uh, am a full-time mum at the moment um, and I do my writing at home. Um, I have a kind of urban fantasy uh, novel out that's been out a year now and I'm well on the way to uh, having a second one complete and put out there as well. Um, I have a short story uh, called Envy uh, out on Amazon uh, on KU as well. Um, yeah, that's about it really. So I live in Yorkshire, um, so I'm not too far away from Holly. Um, and yeah, spend a lot of time with the family and writing. Thank you so much. Welcome back, Marisa. Thank you for returning. <laughs> yes, it's always the yeah. way. Would you like to just give us a quick introduction? Sure. Uh, my name is Marisa Noel, and I am a YA author of science fiction, fantasy, uh, horror, and usually with a bit of mental health. I've got um, four books out at the moment. Uh, and yeah, I've been writing for a long time. I also mentor for aspiring authors um, through the Write Mentor Programme, which I love. I love seeing other authors. Um, hit those goalposts and get agents and publishing deals it's fantastic um and i love my genre i love um writing in it and and experiencing all those really exciting worlds so that's me from a writing perspective <laughs> awesome thank you very much guys so i first up i want to ask you where do you usually start with your world building like what are the first things you start to do and, or does it vary? Is it sometimes different ideas of world building come first? Or do you have a set strategy that you work through? Um, Marisa, if you'd like to answer that first. Yeah, I think it does depend on the book. And I don't write high fantasy, particularly. Most of mine is urban or contemporary. And I think I think it can be quite different when you're when you're writing high fantasy to that. Normally, when I get a book idea, it's it's either the character or the plot or a combination of the two. Um, and once I figure out what their central goal is or their central obstacle or their motivation, then I think, OK, well, where are they and how does their environment or where they are, their world, um, help or hinder what they have to do? Uh, and then I just kind of let that mull in my brain and I start making notes and I for instance I'm starting to plot out something at the moment which I've realized is in a futuristic world after the uh, ice caps have melted and that the sea level is higher so I'm thinking okay well they're going to be higher up they're going to be in mountains they're going to have unstable weather how does that affect what's actually happening to the plot with with crazy weather that's going on and then you can just snowball off that I think 
um, and build, start to build little details in, um, any way that you can get conflict, if you can use any of your world to bring more conflict into what your protagonist is going through, then yeah, then I think it's 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 a great place to be. So that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I, I love that right from the off, you're thinking about that conflict and how it fits into the plot and how it fits into the characters. Because that's a really important thing to always be thinking about they're not the world building and the story and characters aren't like two separate things it's not like two different jobs <laughs> you have to do they have to they have to merge merge together perfectly so yeah that's that's really cool that that's something that happens for you like straight away and yeah. that's how you start out that's cool what about you Jodie yeah um again it's it's very much depends on the project um each book calls for of a different technique really um but i've now first i normally come up with a bit of an idea of um how the, the story's going to end and kind of build backwards from there really um mm-hmm. and start to think about the settings and um quite often i will do i hate to sit down and write and have to start part way because i'm like oh uh, I need to research that. So I'd rather sit for, like I did with um, my first book, Sorcerers of Truth. I sat for over a year just researching and gathering um, the backstories of the um, sort of different races and characters and things before I even started writing the book. I didn't necessarily have a full plot to the book, but certainly the setting side of it, I like to research it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, that's really interesting. I like I like that you work out your ending first and then walk, work yeah. backwards because Holly and I are, are generally very linear writers, aren't we? That we start yeah. at the beginning and we write our way through. And I, I tell you, I find endings really difficult. That's like, for me, that's like one of my weak points, I think. Not that I write weak endings, but it's something that I, I get really stressed about as I'm writing towards the end when I'm getting to like my climax I slow down so much because I'm worrying about how am I going to end this <laughs> but that being a discovery writer isn't it Holly? <laughs> well yeah. you just, just write trilogies or series and then you don't have to end you just keep going <laughs> ever. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> just keep going forever and ever yeah. <laughs> yes yes absolutely so What's your favourite part of the world to create? Do you have a favourite? Gosh, that's not a question I've ever thought about. I, I, and I think it, again, I think it varies. Um, I recently have written a, a vampire book. I had been thinking about writing a vampire book for years and I know that vampires are saturated and that you know publishers aren't looking for it and I kind of thought well what's my angle so once I figured out what my angle was I thought what was really fun was figuring out what the world looked like so in this particular book the vampires live in the north where they're in the mountains and it's snowy and it's dark all the time and I thought well that's an obvious place for a vampire to live where there's not much sunlight and I thought, okay, well, who lives in the south? Who lives in the west? Who lives in the, what's in the middle? And it was those thoughts that kind of figured out my world and what was happening in it. And then who would live in each and what conflicts they would bring. You know, like in the middle, there's a desert with sandworms and lost souls. And it's a horrible place for a vampire to be because there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere, there's no... Um, so, you know, I think it depends on who your character is and who your, where your plot is. But that, I really enjoyed figuring out those elements to that particular story. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like figuring out the obstacles, all the crap that I'm going to throw at my character um, (laughs) and how I'm going to make them just get down on their knees and struggle. Um, So that's a really fun, I know it sounds masochistic, but that's a really fun part (laughs) for me, actually. No, I'm exactly the same. Like, (laughs) what (laughs) hell can I put my characters through next? (laughs) Totally. Uh, how about you Jodie do you have a favorite part of world building um for me it's um because I'm very sort of visual I like to have 
mm. sort of things hand. Um, and I like to sort of do them manually as well. I don't like it all digital. Mm -hmm. So I have what I call my little um, story bible, and I have one specifically for each sort of novel or series I'm writing. Um, and while I'm doing the story bible, I'd probably say, actually, drawing uh, out the room plans and settings and I get my whole, you know, graph paper out and ruler and <laughs> draw it all out. Yeah. I find um, as I'm writing, I'm, um, I kind of write like I'm watching it. So it's like a film. Mm -hmm. So if I've got the room plan in front of me, I can see how the characters are moving and where they're going and make sure that it all works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I, I've been known to get graph paper out before. <laughs> yep. It's fun. So those are your... I know. Angeline? Oh, we had another oh, frozen no. moment. We have frozen. a frozen moment. <laughs> I was I was actually going to add, um, I because I'm writing about vampires as well at the moment, oh, and fantastic. I planned out my main characters like the mansion that he lives in because i knew he had to have rooms that had no windows and stuff like that so i wanted to yes. plan out exactly like how he could move around his house without um yes. getting scorched so and it's the little details like that that you know once you've thought about your bigger world and how it generally functions but it's those smaller details that you often don't realize that you need to think about until you've written a particular scene or you're halfway mm -hmm. through the book and you think oh hang on a minute I can't have sun shining in the window, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, it can take by surprise sometimes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Until we get Angeline back. Yes. <laughs> um, I believe her next question was going to be, so that's your favourite thing to create. Which part of world building is your least favourite? Least favourite world building? Um... I think, do you know, I think it's the things that I don't know about, which sounds um, like a cop-out, but it's really not. It's like you, you think you've built this world in your head and it all works in your head and you know what it means and you think you've got it down on the paper and then you have someone read it and they're like, well, how does this work? And you think, hmm. you kick yourself for either not thinking about it or you resent the fact that there's a whole other element that you now have to build into this world. And I think it's just those those little niggly things that you think, have I covered everything? Have I done, you know, those niggly little things? You've done the big picture things, but have I done the little niggly things that make sense and carried that through? Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the hardest part for me. Um, yeah, and that, you know, that little little urge that says, Chush, you don't know what you're talking about to the reader, yeah. but knowing that they're right, you know, because you've got you've to make it all make sense. So, yeah, you've yes. got to make it relatable. Yeah. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> we have Angeline back. Hooray. Sorry. <laughs> Quite all right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Jodie, do you have a least favourite part of world building? It's really hard because I, I really enjoyed the, sort of uh, the part before writing for me. Um, so, probably the, the sort of intricate web you have to weave of how the characters are all related to each other and how, how mm. relationships pan out and things so sometimes mm. it can get quite in depth and you're sat there thinking like well, they can't know them and they can't and it's just yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can get a bit be bogged down in it can't you and yeah you know, get lost in the in it we've got a fantastic question from one of our listeners sam asks do you create your own rules for your demons or vampires or do you follow more traditional rules I, yeah, I do both is the short answer to that. So in, for instance, this particular book that I was working on with vampires, um, yes, sunlight is an absolute killer. Uh, garlic, not so much. And they do have reflections. That's not an issue. Um, but religion, I have decided that vampires think it's powerful over them, but it's actually not. Uh, it's a myth. So that becomes a bit of a plot twist um, within the book. Uh, so yeah, some things I do, do 
because I like to keep it familiar. I don't want things to be too different to what people expect a vampire to be. Mm. Um, but at the same side, I like to change things up a bit. And there are such things as daywalkers in my book. So people that have managed to be able to walk in the daylight through various other means. So, mm. yeah, I think, think throwing some new things at it kind of freshens things and, um, yeah, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. My vampires follow much the same set of conditions. So, yeah, sunlight kills steak through the heart. Yeah. It hasn't come up directly yet, but it's gonna. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine um, didn't even tell that they were vampires. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just, you know, they eat, eat normal food. They're out during the day. Oh. The only thing is that they need blood to sustain them. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like I like that when as a as a reader, I really enjoy reading when authors have really played with like the tropes. Um as Holly knows and and people who listen regularly will know I'm a huge zombie fan and uh, I really love books that really do something very very different with the genre yeah. so yeah I love I love the idea of like really twisting vampires around and making them very different to like all the usual tropes mm -hmm. yeah yeah as long as they're not sparkly but yeah <laughs> well there's nothing threatening about a sparkly vampire is there so, <laughs> not really um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and I have a lot of demons in my world as well, but I, I don't know. They're not like not like from, you know, like the Bible or anything. Not like you know, mm. um, yeah. not. And they're not really like um, like Buffy um, either. They're sort of manifestations of um, emotions. Um, so mm. the main main big bad in my current work in progress is a demon of corruption and it's kind of like this gigantic puppet master kind of controlling things and it's it's a very conceptual thing rather than physical so that's how the demons work in my world so it's a bit different i like that yeah okay cool so uh right questions oh yes so how much, and you mentioned this a bit as well, Jody already, um, how much world building do you do before you start drafting? I would say I do, oh, I do it by instinct. So I, I would do as much as I need. Um, and I don't go too deep into those questions unless they come up while I'm writing. So I mentioned this book that I'm writing about post-climatic trauma. Um, so for instance, I know that the setting is in a valley, but the valley has to be protected from sea level. Uh, so there needs to be a dam, which is crumbling. And that makes me think, well, where else are there places that exist and what will their climate be like? And so I go and think about all of that. Um, so, you know, it, it really, it starts with whatever works with the plot. Um, and then as I write, because I haven't actually started writing this one yet, as I write, it will become more detailed. And I think, oh, actually, I need to add this particular bit or that will make it more exciting. And then once I've written the first draft, um, I will go through like a checklist of questions. Like I'll think about economy and money system or whether climate, are we in space? Are we on real earth? Um, what are laws, police, punishment? What are those situations? Medical care. What, what exists, what kind of medicines, is there a class system um, or a race system or what does that look like? Uh, transport, you know, are we in a situation where we've got flying cars or, 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 you know, back to horses and carriages, you know, who knows what. And if it is, if you've got magical and supernatural things like we've talked about with the vampires, you know, what are the rules? What are the rules for the magic and the supernatural beings and what can they do? So I will have an idea of those things in my head before I start writing. And I usually make notes as to what those rules will be. Um, and then once I get going, if I get stuck on something, it's usually because I haven't done enough detail on that area. And I'll go back and kind of, you know, make that firmer. Um, and then I can get going again. So, 
So as much as I need to, and then more. (laughs) How about you, Jodie? Um, I probably do a good probably eighty percent of um, the world building before I start. Um, as I go along, there's normally some additional characters or you know additional scene that crops up, um, and I then have to do a little bit extra research and things. But uh, no, I do I do a, quite a lot. So I probably do way more research than I need to before I start. So that I've got the information there if I need it. Yeah. 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 There's nothing more annoying than stopping halfway through a book and thinking, hold on a second, I've had to do this. What's the chlorine levels in the water in San Diego? And I'm like, when you're right in the flow of writing, you're like, yeah. yeah. Make a note and come back to it. Of research. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Good for you, Dodie. Absolutely. Angeline, have you frozen again? Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Curse you, internet. Okay. So, yeah. where do you keep these copious notes, um, Jodie? Do, uh, do you have a system for organising your world building? Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. That's impressive. I prepared earlier. This is actually for a different uh, series because one needs all updating. But this is, I say, like my story bible. Everything to do with one story's in there. Mm-hmm. I've got things from um, character interviews, um, even right down to um, a menu of a restaurant that we go to, so I can pick what food they have. And wow, <laughs> everything. <laughs> That's, that's like the world building dream, Jody. That's like that's like what I would like to have the commitment yeah. to do. <laughs> but I honestly, for me, it's it's a case of impatience. I just want to write yeah, it. Want to get going? Um, yeah. But yeah, I ah, uh, I like I have world building Bible envy. <laughs> honestly, like I've got um. You know, we've got like family trees and um, timelines, wow. and um, in this particular story, there's um, sort of like two um, gangs of war. So I've kind of got a sort of flowchart of how their history like intertwines. And <laughs> nice! Wow, that's impressive. Yeah! Wow. Okay, so do you have a, a system, a storage system? I do. I don't have one like that. Um, I'm a spreadsheet girl. So I will start by jotting down notes of what my plot is, basically. Um, and I will ask myself questions on that front page. And it's usually my notes. And whatever research I'll go off and find will get stuck on that first page. Um, then usually I start, I usually have the first, like the main character or two in my head. So I will start a new page for them and I'll do superficial stuff about, um, you know, appearance and family and pets and, you know, that kind of stuff. But what I find really helps get me into character is I always say list five to 10 life-defining memories. Um, and it could be about how they got the scar on their knee when they were five years old, or it could be about a friendship that went wrong or whatever it might be. It doesn't always make it into the book, but it defines them as a person and it will mm. inform me as how they're going to react to situations you know, within, within the book. So I start working on those details with the main characters. Um, and then I have a page for like the world building, the rules kind of stuff. So for instance, with this vampire book, I've got vampires, I've got werewolves, I've got ghosts, I've got witches, I've got, you know, I've got everything. So I have a column for everything and I have, you know, strengths, weaknesses, you know, what's their motivation, where do they live, what what do they eat, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and I'll start to build the picture of those particular rules and then they will start to cross over with the characters as I build more characters, every character gets their own know page mm. on the spreadsheet um you know that you so if my vampire character can't get out in the sun what do they do what's their hot you know and so it all snowballs from this massive it's my master spreadsheet 
Um, and then I, the, the way I plot it is I start with four points. Um, and it's like the beginning, the middle, the end. You know, it's, it's like your inciting incident. Your, your, yeah. And then it expands to seven points, 16 points, and then chapters. And then I go into scene by scene by scene. And then so all that is all working in tandem. Um, mm. until it becomes a whole it's a whole living entity really <laughs> beast a beast of a yeah. spreadsheet um, wow. it, it worked for me it worked for me so that's what I yeah. yeah oh I love it I I'm <laughs> partial to a spreadsheet myself and uh, for my shifters of curtain series because it was such a big sort of ensemble cast I had a spreadsheet that listed like all of the shifters in the cities like 60 of them Wow. And it had, you know, their pack, what kind of shifter they were, and uh, what other groups they belonged to, um, and oh, when and how they die. Because, wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them die. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I love how how organised other people are. I, I'm like such a scatterbrain in life and as a writer. <laughs> but see, see I'm, in, I'm just a notebooks girl. Um, which looks very organised, but really it's just like this utter mess. <laughs> it's just just like brain splurge into <laughs> a notebook in any old order whatsoever. Yeah, see, I'm not normally as organised as the spreadsheet thing. And like my, I've got it right here, actually. This is the notebook I have for my current work in progress. But it's a filofax. So I can just take the pages out and move them around and put them yeah. in a useful order. So that's my cheat. Do <laughs> you sound like you, you could be using Scrivener? I know a lot of people use Scrivener mm. um, because you can do that in a digital yep. way. Um, I had a little play with it, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure it was for me. <laughs> I just, you know, you just get stuck in the way you do things and yeah, yeah. it's easier just to do that the long way. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. use Scrivener to write, but I like writing my notes by hand. There's something yeah. very, um, I don't know, just earthy I, uh, about it. I like gluing and sticking. So my <laughs> notebooks have loads and loads of stuff, like pictures and stuff that I print out specifically so that I can stick them in my notebook. <laughs> yeah, I just end up blue tacking things to my wall and my husband will come into the study and I've just got pictures of like well, mostly famous actors who are embodying my characters and got notes on them. There's one particular book that had a big cast, so I had them all printed out. And, it, you know, it looked like a serial killer wall or something, you know. That was... <laughs> That's similar to what I've got behind me at the moment because I'm currently writing a prequel to my first book. <laughs> and there's a big sort of 18, uh, 1890s map of Blackpool and all the different uh, yeah. images of all the places yeah. around it <laughs> i i quite dream of having one of those boards but unfortunately i've i've got no wall space i need yeah. <laughs> I, I need one of those big white boards on wheels you know like they yeah. always have in uh, the police brilliant. shows you know yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we do have we do have a question in the comments Ooh, section holly we do. yeah i was coming to that next do you want to <laughs> ask it because you've Yes, yeah, so I know I'm making you do the work, Holly. Uh, every time it's my turn to ask something, I disappear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yes, we have we have a question from one of the people watching our live video. Yanni is asking, what's your favourite part of each of your worlds? So you could choose like a character that you've created or a place that you've created or anything whatsoever big question if you've got lots of worlds <laughs> I, I, or a big I, know. World. I actually think I know immediately because my worlds they're not nice places in general so um mm. but in this is my latest book uh the mermaid chronicles secrets of the deep and it takes place in san diego which is where a lot of my family live i'm actually american but i grew up in the uk long story um <laughs> So there's a beach in San Diego called Ocean Beach and it's got a really long pier with a restaurant on it. And a lot of the scenes, this is all about mermaids and sharks and shapeshifters. Um, a lot of the scenes take place by this pier in San Diego. And I spent many summers um, there on this beach and living near there. Um, and I love it. It's one of my favorite beaches in the world. And I've always seen it as a romantic place in my mind. And it seemed so appropriate for me to set a novel there. But that is definitely 
my favourite place, I think, in all of my novels that I would want to be. Yeah, without doubt. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jodie? Um, Place-wise, um, no, nobody will, will have read about it yet because it's in the second book, um, but <laughs> there's um, a particular um, sort of beach that they go to visit um, and it's where I go every year on holiday, um, a place called Black Rock Sands in uh, Wales. And it's it's somewhere that I've, like that part of Wales is somewhere that I've been every year since, I will say since before I was born. <laughs> it was kind of in the blood. <laughs> so it's kind of like a second home in a way. And oh yeah, I just, I just needed quite a good book somewhere, so. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Angeline, do you want to answer the question as well? Oh, oh goodness. Oh. <laughs> what's, what's my favourite part? Um, that's, that is a really... Um, um, honestly, because I love dystopia so much, I honestly think that my favourite part of worlds that I've built is the government. <laughs> because... <laughs> I, because I write dystopia, I don't generally have like an, an antagonist, you know, like a villain, like a bad guy. My antagonist is my government and the way that I set up society. And I just, I love, I love, love, love writing really evil governments. <laughs> Seconded. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I. I don't know if I can answer the question. <laughs> Maybe like, it's it a character. Top question. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Um, I'll think for a second. Um, I just wanted to <laughs> highlight that Yanni lives at Black Rock Sands, as it happens, Jodie. So, small world. <laughs> that is yeah, that's so weird. bizarre, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've got it in front of me on my screen. <laughs> looking at cricket puzzle as it is oh sweet yeah. <laughs> um okay i think one of the favorite things i've created um is one of my favorite demons uh, well no my favorite demon um is the knight of shadowed fear um and i could write about him all the time um and he has a very interesting effect on one of my main characters which is really fun to write so because she is both <laughs> terrified of him and kind of aroused by him and it's oh, so I like it. yeah and like he threatens to take her spine if she doesn't do him a favor and there's wow. and it's just great juicy stuff i yeah, yeah. i love him and his plot line brilliant yeah. <laughs> goodness <laughs> I really that don't, don't the quite, tone, didn't it? Yes, I, I don't quite know what to say to that. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so our next question. Um, which books have had the biggest impact on you as a writer? That I've that I've read or that I've written. That you've, that read. you've read. Yeah. Okay, so for me, um Dean Koontz. He's been my favourite author since I was 10 years old. And my favourite book of his is The Watchers about a, um, it's about a genetic a genetics lab. Um, hence it's, genetics is one of the uh, big, you know, it's the plot of one of my books. So it's probably influenced by then. But there's a gen genetics lab and there's a super intelligent uh, golden retriever that comes out of it who can actually communicate with humans with Scrabble tiles. And there's the monster and, the monster wants to kill the retriever. Um, and then the people that take him in and everything that happens. But Dean Coombs, I have found, who was so good at tension um, and the supernatural and how you can get through half a book and nothing's actually really happened, but you are on the edge of your seat. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that has definitely influenced the way that I write um, and that I want to definitely my genre because I'm all about the supernatural horror and tension and thriller um but also the way that I build that tension I think has hugely influenced me um as a writer and yeah I love I love his books 
So definitely game changers for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jodie? Um, for me, probably the first thing that really got me reading and into sort of the uh, YA fantasy genre uh, probably went when I was about 12 and I read The Secret Vampire by L.J. Smith. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my introduction. And then um, so my whole bookcase is like a shrine to <laughs> Rochelle Mead and her <laughs> Vampire Academy <laughs> series and um, Morganville Vampires. I love um, the Morganville Vampires so much. <laughs> See, it was all the point, point horror when I was a teenager. Me too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of point horror. <laughs> yeah. Point horror and Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike was, I loved Christopher Pike. Or, mm -hmm. Although he's, he's quite American. I don't know if he came across here because that's when I was living in the States that I read a lot of um, mm -hmm. Christopher Pike. I loved his books, yeah. Mm. I recently passed on um, some of my point horrors to my 11-year-old because um, he has got really into R.L. Stein and he yeah. likes Goosebumps books. And I was like, you know, in my day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I still had a box full of them. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I wish I, I've gotten rid of all my all my stuff like that. I wish I hadn't. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we've talked about point horror before, haven't we, Holly? Yeah. A few yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the things that influence you, they stay with you. And so, you know, yeah. and as authors, you know, we, we often get asked, and especially like when we go on other podcasts and stuff, it's a common question, isn't it? What's influenced you? So it, it gets talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my, my so. love of fantasy started with the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Do people oh, yeah. remember those? Yeah, yeah. totally. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was brilliant. And there are still things that influence me. I mean, like, I was a huge Buffy fan. I recently watched all seven seasons of rewatched all seven seasons. I absolutely loved it as much as I did the first time. And it was actually rewatching it that gave me the hook for my new vampire book. It gave me the twist, the you know, the fresh twist that I needed. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that influences me, you know, all, and Stranger Things, love Stranger Things, you know, all that kind of yes. stuff, love it. Yeah. More, yeah. more horror. <laughs> yeah. I, I read it seemed quite... So, um, like, when I was writing Sort of Truth, um, I was binging Rain at the time. Oh, yeah. So there's a particular scene and a character that was never meant to be in my book, and it's now, like, <laughs> one, of, one of the best bits, and that character's even in the prequel. Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm a huge Buffy fan and I'm currently doing a, a marathon of Buffy and Angel interleaved. And um <laughs> So where obviously. are you watching Angel? I can't find Angel anywhere. Oh, I'll That's tell you offline. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, and <laughs> um Sorry. but yeah, I'm I recently wrote a scene where one of my vampires was desperately needed during the day to help with the situation. So he turns up with a blanket over his head and I was totally thinking of Spike. Spike, like, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. So is there a particular genre that you would love to have a go at or that you really admire, but you actually couldn't imagine yourself ever writing? Yeah, definitely. I just contemporary, almost lit not quite literary fiction, but there's this, my grandmother and my grandfather respectively have both had very interesting lives. And I would love to write a book about them, not as a memoir, just as a novel, um, in the fashion of like William Boyd's Any Human Heart. I don't know if you guys know that book. Um, it was made into a miniseries. Um, and I would love to do justice to that. And I don't know if I could, because I'm not that kind of writer. Um, there's no vampires, there's no, you know, there's no, there's nothing popping up that's evil. So it's been in my head for years and I have researched and I've got notes and either I will, either I'm just not ready for it yet or I won't ever be, I don't know, so, but I do, yeah, it's like, you know, books like The Help or, you know, within that kind of vein. Um, mm. I don't know if I can, though. 
So, mm. yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jodie? Um, possibly, um, possibly romantic suspense. Like I can write romance, and I can do some sort of heated scenes, but I can't go to the length that um <laughs> of, of some of the works I've read. And I know some really, really talented authors in that genre, and there's no yeah. way I. Can go anywhere near <laughs> <I agree. laughs> yeah mine is military sci-fi because i i consume like on tv anyway a lot of that kind of thing yeah. and i get ideas and i would love to have a crack at it but i just i don't think i've i don't have enough knowledge i don't i, yeah. I don't know it's yeah yeah there's so much it. jargon that you have to get yeah, right in military. Yeah, authentic, isn't it? It's all, yeah. it's all the warp speed and how, you know, <laughs> like Battlestar Galactica, for instance. Yes. And, you know, yes. um, yeah, I get you. Yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I consume a lot of um, hard sci-fi, but not mm. books. I cannot, I find, I really struggle to read hard sci-fi books. Yeah. But movies and TV, yeah. I absolutely love hard yeah. sci-fi. That's something that I don't think I would ever be able to write ever. And crime as well. Like, yeah. I love crime books. I love crime thrillers. And I read a lot of them. I watch a lot of them. And they are so Twist. complex. Yeah. yeah. With the clever twists. And I'm like, yeah, these no, authors can... are like criminal masterminds. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how they do it. No, no. it's they, Yeah, it's clever. It's mm. very clever. Yeah. Yeah. I've even had moments in this book where I'm like, my villain is way cleverer than me. And I've been <laughs> sat like... I've been doing a lot of Zoom sprints and my <laughs> buddies are actually here in the comments and you know, hi guys. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of Zoom sprints for Nano and there have been times I've been like on a call with my friends just going, I, I don't know what to do with my villain because he's cleverer than me and I can't think what the clever thing is that he needs to do now. I do that loads as well. I think most of my characters are actually smarter than I am. <laughs> I do that all the time. I write myself into the worst corners because yeah. I'm like, oh, this character's going to do this really cool, clever thing to get out of this problem. Okay, what is the cool, clever thing? Yeah. You can tell me any time, character. Just tell me. <laughs> Give it to me. And then they shut up. You know, they've been talking at me all night. And uh, as soon as they need to give me a proper answer, they're... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's familiar. Yeah. Okay. So which fantasy world would you most like to visit and what would you do while you're there? <laughs> so much choice. There, there is. I mean, there's a lot of things. I would love to go to Philip Pullman's Dark Materials oh. and be able to visit all those different worlds. I mean, to have the subtle knife and just be able to go from one place to the other. Man, I want I would, an alethiometer so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a talking polar bear who's your friend. Yes, Yorick Burnson is the best. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to do? I, there's so many, so many, I mean, Jurassic World. I'd love to go see Jurassic mm. Park, but, I, but I'm scared. Wow, and the Hunger Games. I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> I would want to go kick ass the Hunger Games. I would probably run the other way. Um, yeah, oh, me too. Games. So, yeah, there are worlds I want to go to, but I would rather just sit on the sidelines because it's too scary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Could you be someone from the capital watching the games on TV, though? Yeah, but, you know, if I'm going to be in it, I want to be in it. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't really. But I do. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I totally hear you. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jodie? Um, for me, it's probably another uh, indie author's book. Um, Cara S. Weaver, uh, the Ilvanian Chronicles. Um, I'd like to go to Ilvana and uh, maybe have a, a night out with Herlian. Because I think it'd be a bit of a laugh. Nice. <laughs> nice. 
Excellent. Awesome. Okay, do we have any more questions from our viewers? Please put them in the comments. Or feel free to tell us which fantasy world you would like to yeah. visit as well. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd love to go to Narnia. Narnia was like my first, um, like second world fantasy that I really uh. got into. And like, I'd, I, I would love to go and ride on Aslan. Um, I'd also <laughs> quite like to have a ride on a centaur, but I don't know if that's rude. <laughs> I can imagine that that being like this massive cultural faux pas, like ask, asking if you can have a ride on a centaur and then just being like <gasps> so shocked that anyone would ask them because it's like this <laughs> really bad fun. cultural thing. They they. <laughs> Yeah, speaking know. of riding mythical beasts, though, and I don't know why I haven't thought of this till now, but the never-ending story and Falcor. Oh, having... oh my Falcor! god, yes, I would so visit that world, and I would so ride on Falcor. <laughs> I I am such a massive never-ending yeah. story fan. I watch it several times every single year. Yes. I watch it Same. a lot. I had a big crush on Atreyu when I was a kid. Yeah, who <laughs> didn't? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Sam would like to go to Middle Earth, and that was going to be my answer as well. So I'm with you there. And Yanni, Star Wars, um, but I die so quickly. <laughs> Me too. I die in everything. <laughs> Any world I went to, I would just die within seconds. We do have a question a little bit further up the We've chat. We've got a couple coming it. through. We have. Yeah. So Sam, yeah. if you could be best friends with any fantasy villain, who would it be? Ooh. <laughs> Gosh, that requires thought. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm sitting here, I'm like, who would I be friends with? They're all too scary. I'm such like, a big wimp. <laughs> like someone like Hannibal Lecter. I mean, not that I want to be his best friend, but I would love to interview him. You know, yeah, don't, I always wanted to be well, no. I always wanted to be like Jodie Foster from Science of the Lambs. I wanted to be a behavioural uh, profiler um, back in the day. So he he fascinates me, that whole character. Mm. But I don't, someone like Spike, for, as you say, I mean, he's a villain, but he's not a villain. He would be cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure I'll think of something even cooler later. But um, <laughs> Yeah, tom tomorrow you'll come up with the best yeah. on. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't got a clue. Um, I, I don't know about best friends, but um, I'd quite like to meet um, Maven from um, the Red Queen series. Uh. Because I feel like he needs somebody to give him a hug. <laughs> and then everything will be all right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Yanni says Maleficent. The Angelina yeah. Journey version, obviously. Yeah, I yeah. think I'd, I'd probably go for Maleficent too. Because she's been one of my favourite villains forever and ever and ever and ever. Good one. Yeah. Those villains that have a bit of heart in them that you know, you know, you can see their story. They're not just villains because they're villains. Those are the ones that intrigue and those are the ones you want to get to know. Definitely. Yes, and same with Loki. I can see Samantha says Loki. That's a that's a mm. good choice too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, and I'm sure we had. I no. thought there was another question was as well. Question. I was sure I'd seen one. <laughs> Did but it disappear? Maybe it disappeared. Maybe they changed oh, no. their mind. <laughs> oh, that's not a question. That's no. That's <laughs> but it's a good Sorry, yeah. but it is a good yes. point. Yeah, Rivendell yes. would be awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if we don't have any more questions, we may be and it we it we are an hour in, so we are. <laughs> that's about a wrap, guys. So, uh, wonderful guests, could you just let everyone know a bit more about where they can find you online? Uh, sure. So, I have a website that is marisanoel.com or theunadjusted.com. 
you can find everything about my books there and Twitter, which is just uh, MarisaWell77, um, as is my Instagram. But all of that's on my website if you want to go there. Um, and do sign up because you will get special reveals and extra content and lots of exciting stuff um, surrounding the books. So, yeah, that's me. Cool. Thank you. Jodie? Um, yeah, you can find me at... Um jdgroom.com uh, where it's got all my links on there but um, you can most, most of the time find me uh, on Instagram lovely now anyone who listens to this podcast will know that at the end of every episode I ask Holly a very mean would you rather question uh-uh. and yeah. you guys I'm very sorry but I'm not letting you leave without answering my would you rather question i promise it's not too horrendous today (laughs) i've been quite kind some of the ones i've asked holly have been (laughs) horrible it's amazing we're still friends so (laughs) the would you rather question for today is would you rather have the ability to run at supersonic speed or have the ability to fly but you can only move really slowly I think that's a no-brainer. I'm going to go run at supersonic speed because you run fast enough, you can run across things, which is Ooh, kind of what I like. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can run across water. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Hmm. So but you my, need someone. Yeah, you need a handy science geek sidekick who can make you clothes that won't disintegrate. <laughs> I've watched or, way too you know, much flash. You, or you Sorry. run fast enough. It doesn't matter if you're naked. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. No one even knows. They <laughs> should get wind burn, you know? <laughs> A bit of chafing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew it would go here? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um <laughs> oh, son's comment. You could pretend you were flying so quickly it looked slow. Jodie, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to answer too. Oh, I'd probably go for running too, um, although I'd need a good sports bra. If you're flying slowly, you, you're not going to uh, save many people from... You know, you run over or you know these disasters and stuff but if you run fast we can get there and say that's true that's true yeah Yeah. i i definitely choose the running as well i mean i'm actually afraid of flying so (laughs) it's quite the no-brainer for me (laughs) yeah he's right that's who you need to make your clothes um i i'm gonna book the trend though and i'm gonna say flight because that has always been the thing I want to do. Like I, yeah, I. If if I could have one superpower, it would be flight. Wow, mine would yeah. be teleportation. Mine would be healing. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. Look, look, like look at you all lovely and us with our selfish answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, my book is all about superpowers and genetic modifications and healing comes into it so I've thought about it a lot and I've always thought for me I'd love to be able to heal other people and myself and I just think that would be the most um it's not really altruistic I have a slip disc and you know I'd quite like to get rid of that so you know <laughs> heal myself yeah this is Sam all over yeah that's <laughs> mind <laughs> manipulation yeah that would be cool <laughs> I uh, love you, babe. <laughs> what What would your dream superpower be, Jodie? Um, I don't know. I'm not really into like superhero stuff, so <laughs> 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 it's not really something I've really thought about. But um, possibly, what would you call it when you like manipulate things and can change their physical properties? Oh, sort of like like a shifter kind of thing. Yeah, or like telekinesis, but supercharged. Yeah, like a telekinesis. Yeah, mm. that's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, I do like that supercharged telekinesis. Yeah. <laughs> like it. 
I like teleportation too. I think that's that's mm. pretty cool. When you've got it, heavy you know, not just to be able to yeah, well, not to be able to go to Australia for the weekend, but you know, maybe yeah. you want to visit another planet. You yeah. know, so mm -hmm. it's so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Yanni has answered it for you. There you go, Jodie. Psychokinesis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, just a quick reminder of our question of the week: Where do you store your world building notes? Please feel free to answer on our social media posts. Now, before we go, we want to say the hugest, biggest thank you to everyone who has helped us to create and pull off in the fire. <laughs> we could not have done it without you guys. All of our amazing guest authors who have done workshops and panels and, of course, this podcast recording. So a massive thank you to Caroline Goldsworthy, David Wake, Dion Winton Pollock, Duncan P. Bradshaw, J.D. Groom, J.R. Park and Ken Preston. And thank you to Marisa Noel, Meg Jolly, Sasha Black, Daniel Wilcox, Ali Aldridge, Debbie Iona, Julia Scott and Keith Hall. Thank you to everyone who has supported this behind the scenes and everyone who has bought tickets and attended our live workshops this morning and this afternoon. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now, don't feel like you've completely missed out on Indie Fire. You can still access all of the replayable <coughs> workshops and panel discussions, and they are absolutely incredible. Are we allowed to say that ourselves? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> if you head to IndieFire.uk, you can get lifetime access to all of our amazing content for just £20. Thank you again, everyone, for participating. And thank you for our listeners and everyone who's here live tonight. It's been amazing. Thank you. See you next week. Woo! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. If you want even more of us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and our show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles are at unstoppableauthors.com. We want to connect with you. Join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors via our website and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding. We also have a Facebook group where we hold each other accountable, share our goals and successes and encourage each other to be unstoppable. You can find that at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we are unstoppable authors. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. See you next week. <laughs>